You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Habs fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, thanks to those fine folks. And thanks to DraftKings, our sponsor, who you're going to hear from just in a little while here on the show. But first, uh, we want to welcome you. We've got a great show in store for you today. Dan Robertson, uh, play-by-play broadcaster for the Canadians, is going to join us here in a little bit. But first, let's introduce your hosts. Uh, That would be me, uh, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And it would also be Rick Stevens, who's uh, in the studio with me here today. He's our editor-in-chief and founder at Rocket Sports. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Glad to be here. Glad to be with you. There's a lot going on. There is. There's a lot. A going, lot going on. There is. Um, lots. Lots happening today. Um, we've got NHL training camps. We've got AHL training camps started this week. I know my head's spinning. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and before you know it, we're going to blink our eyes and the regular season is going to be underway. So uh, we're not going to waste a moment. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We have not one but two special guests coming today. You are not going to want to miss a second of today's show. Let's talk a little bit about it. In the first segment, of course, we're going to cover the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket, bring you some uh, some of the some quick Habs news, the, the biggest headlines of the last week. Uh, we're also going to talk a bit about Laval Rocket's uh, training camp, which has begun, and their preseason schedule coming up this week. And then we're very pleased to welcome back to the show uh, our friend Dan Robertson, uh, who, of course, is the Canadian's radio broadcaster on TSN 690. He will be here with us, uh, Rick, to talk about the Canadian's training camp, the roster, and, and the outlook for the season ahead. And then in our second segment, uh, after a, a, a quick break, we're going to go around the AHL. And uh, Patrick Williams is back this week for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. And we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into what's happening with AHL training camps all around the league, uh, the challenges that coaches are facing for training camp this year in the American League, and and what some of the hot stories are and, and top players that you might get to watch uh, in the AHL this year. So lots of fun stuff today. Two great guests, uh, and I think our listeners are in for a treat. So, I guess let's talk about those Habs first. 
All right, let's do that. <laughs> um, of course, we should say, I know we've said it before, maybe you've missed it. We don't want you to miss out on any bit of Habs news throughout the week. So what's the best way to uh, remedy that? Well, with your cup of coffee every morning, just log into allhabs.net and you will see every weekday morning. Uh, on Mondays, you'll see Chris G's Habs Notepad, which is his weekly uh, post giving you all of the latest news and, and latest things going on with the Canadians. And then Rick on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will greet you every morning with uh, the Habs headlines of the day. And it's just a really quick way to consume all of the latest Habs news, what's going on with the team, what's going on with players. And uh, on some instances, some some big headlines around the NHL as well. Um, so from that this week, Rick, we just want to mention a, a few Canadians headlines that really stood out. The first and foremost was, I mean, sound the celebration bells for young Jake Evans, who signed a three-year contract extension this week. Pretty great for Jake. It is, and a, a real good recognition for him and the role that um, that he played last season and, and a, a greater role that he's expected to take on this season. Three-year, one-way contract extension, $1.7 million per year. Um, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great deal for the Canadians and for uh, Jake uh, to be locked up. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's uh, it's very exciting for him. It's been a long road for Jake. Uh, you know, we've been covering him for, for years now, even uh, in the in the days when he was a rookie and, and not getting even back to Notre Dame it, when he was captain there. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, and, and being a seventh rounder, you know, not everyone gives you a, a ton of credit uh, when you're first starting in the pro leagues. And, and it took him a little while. He had some ups and downs. He, he went through some struggles. Uh, but we we knew even way back then that there was something pretty special about this kid. Uh, and just really, really glad for him to see that things are, are coming together. And uh, he look looking to have a good season ahead. Um, speaking of another, uh, person getting a contract, I think, um, you know, one of the more, I guess you could say entertaining people to watch during Hab's rookie camp and, uh, training camp has been one young Arbor Jack eye, uh, who certainly has no, uh, fear about playing physically uh he certainly has no fear of mixing it up after whistles and in the crease and so on and so forth he's got some work to do on his <laughs> on his defensive play um but uh this young defenseman uh head heading back uh to junior and also with a three-year contract uh two-way contract from from the montreal canadians which i think it was a bit of a surprise at least for us um and uh we'll see what comes of of this down the road, Rick. He certainly made an impact and an impact physically, um, standing up for his teammates, uh, getting involved physically. Yeah, he, positionally, he has some work to do. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he heads back to, to the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, he'll be in his overage year in uh, junior hockey, but just a fascinating story. Um, you know, he wasn't drafted into the OHL, uh, he was overlooked in the NHL draft and um, you know he said uh, he's he's coming off a long way it was months ago that he was working at Costco uh, to try and pay uh, to, hmm. to continue training and uh, now he gets a contract with uh, the Montreal Canadiens and and he's uh, absolutely thrilled about that um, he said everything has just happened so fast for me I really haven't had time to soak it in 
I can't even put it into words. Uh, so uh, you got to be happy for him. Absolutely, uh, we love to hear stories about that. So it's it's let's let's hope that um, he continues to ve- to develop with the Kitchener Rangers, and we'll see what he what he brings in the next few years. Um, the other interesting kind of eyebrow raising story for this week was uh, the Canadians claiming a goaltender off of waivers, uh, picking up Samuel Montembeau from the. Uh, the Florida Panthers had put him on waivers with the intent to send him to the AHL's Charlotte, Charlotte Checkers uh, this week, and the Canadians nabbed him off of waivers. So uh, that immediately, of course, brings a number of question marks into play. Uh, certainly, uh, given the fact that Caden Primo um, has not yet played a full season in the AHL, uh, has had struggles at times in his, you know, he's had very good AHL play, but he's also had struggles in the AHL. He's certainly had struggles at the NHL level and has not looked strong at all in this, in this preseason training camp. Um, So it's kind of an indication, I think Rick on, on where Caden Primo is at. I think it's also an indication. It seems that Carey Price might not be ready to go to start the season for the NHL club. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, so good insurance uh, and, uh, Caden Primo obviously needs, um, as Stefan Waite and others have said, he needs uh, to to play in the the AHL and uh, and really get some experience because he has he has looked uh, shaky outside of that um, that 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 protective bubble. Um, so if he can play there, um, and and Sam um, Montebaum comes in and he, and he. You know, he he had a promising uh, uh, career that's um, not panned out exactly the way he would have hoped or the way the Florida Panthers would have hoped, Uh, but he has 100 games already played in the AHL uh, and uh, 25 games in the NHL, Uh, so he can fill in um, where he's needed, and uh, and it's a a kind of a no-risk move for the Canadians to claim him from waivers. And he's a former AHL All-Star goaltender. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw him, uh, he was an AHL All-Star for the Springfield Thunderbirds uh, when they were affiliated with the Florida Panthers. We saw him at the All-Star game a few years ago uh so so he does have some skill um and and has been a a popular goaltender in that uh uh, affiliation so it'll be uh it'll be fun to see what he does he's slated to get uh his first start with the canadians uh tonight actually as they uh take on uh toronto in in another preseason tilt well, training camp is winding down, Rick, uh, and I can't say that I couldn't be more excited that our our next guest is back with us on the show today. It's the perfect time of year for Dan Robertson to to rejoin us. Of course, he's the play-by-play broadcaster on TSN 690 for the Montreal Canadiens. Dan, thank you so much for taking some time out of a, a pretty busy training camp schedule to uh, join us today to, to talk about the Habs a little bit. Uh, my pleasure. Always fun to talk hockey. Well, let's, you know, as we were just talking a bit before the show about what a thankfully, I I mean, I guess we can say thankfully brief offseason it was for the Canadians due to the fact that they did go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Um, But what happened between then and now in terms of roster turnover and, and new guys coming in, new faces coming in. And that high that fans and the team were left on, uh, you know, of, of at least getting to the final for the first time in so long. Just in general, what's your feeling about 
the difference between then and now. It's It's been such a short amount of time, but so much has happened in the interim. Um, what's you, What are your thoughts on on the new looks of the roster, the new faces that have come in, and, and the additions that Mark Bergevin made in the offseason? Well, it is a good point. In, in one sense, it's not long ago, but it's, it's quite a different team in a lot of ways. And, uh, I mean, you, that's compounded with the fact that there's injuries to certain players right now and, and they aren't even really getting ready for the season. I mean, Joel Edmondson, Dominic Ducharme just spoke um, a few minutes ago as we record this and he said he's not where they thought he would be. So uh, there's a trickle-down effect to that too. I mean, you've got a kid like Caden Gooley who's hoping maybe he has an outside chance of sticking around to start uh, the season. So Samuel Montembeau, they pick him up a goaltender off waivers from Florida. Uh, mostly I... I suppose, because Price uh, looks like he won't be ready to start the season, so Montembeau will battle to, to be the backup to Allen, it looks like, to begin the year. Uh, we know that David Savard is, is here. He's very cocky. Emmy is gone. Dvorak is here. So it's that, that's the thing. You, you keep watching uh, training camp, and, and uh, as we speak, it's four exhibition games in. and But you're not going to see the, the real Canadians, I guess, Um before the season starts. And even then, I mean, Mike Hoffman, uh, Dom said that uh, he's going to skate this week and it's going to be a big test. So I always mm-hmm. say um, there's never a dull moment when it comes <laughs> to the Canadians. And it is, it seems to be true. There's, there's I don't know, if there's a scandal here. I mean, we have Logan <laughs> Mayu draft. We know what happened there. And then yeah. Takanyemi and, and injuries, Carey Price and Weber. I mean, it's um, a lot has happened since they lost game five against Tampa Bay. So before we get into some and some of those issues a little bit further, I, I just wonder um, about your expectations uh, for the season for for covering the season. Um, your your job hasn't changed the past two seasons, but the the way you do your job uh, has has changed. Uh, you know, Zoom calls and and uh, the the distance uh, from from the players. Is there more of a uh, expectation even cautiously that it's going to be more of a normal season uh the way you you are able to do your job it is more of a normal season when they have press conferences now we're allowed into uh, the press room here in broadstart at the canadians practice facility so they bring players up to the podium and they speak and then dominique ducharme speaks what's happened it's made press conferences a lot longer. And I know that some of the writers are talking about maybe getting, bringing out some players and putting them on the soccer field. That's part of this facility. And, and we would sort of be at, uh, uh, at length and um, get the microphones in there somehow. So there's always adaptations when things change. Um, for me personally, it's great uh, that uh, myself and Sergio Momesa, who does color with me, will be back on the charter. Uh, and covering mm. the team will be doing the road games live. And I wasn't sure that was going to happen. Um, I got um, I, I got uh, an email from uh, one of my colleagues uh, in Toronto, and he was asking, would we be on the road? And I wasn't sure. I found out they'd be on the road in, in Ottawa at uh, TSN Radio there. So just a long way of saying that uh, that's that was most important to me. I mean, yeah, part of it, it's nice to go to other cities, but just professionally, it's so much better to be able to be there and feel the game and see what's happening in the big picture. So 
Mm-hmm. You know, the other stuff is, is getting worked out too. Uh, just interviewing players. It's not ideal. Um, we're not going into the dressing room this year. I'm sure the players are happy about that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, ad- we'll adapt and, and get through it as best we can. Well, and also, particularly from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, you know, it's folks might not always think about this, but it's something that that Rick and I we even talk about a lot in our live uh, coverage for for at the AHL level or for NCAA level, any hockey level. It's much different, I imagine, to call a game live than viewing it on monitors. As you said, you know, you're you're constrained when you're watching it on monitors from remotely to only what the camera shows you. You can't see what's happening behind the play. You can't see what's happening on the bench per se. Uh, so I imagine that that was a big challenge for you the last, last couple of years. It was. Uh, I, on the flip side of that, a lot of games that I watched, um, I mean, I knew just because uh, I do what I do, I, I knew when guys weren't in the building calling games, but everybody that I listened to uh, or watched, I thought they did a great job. And that's part, partly why I thought uh, we wouldn't go back to the way we are now, because mm-hmm. I think, and you can't blame companies for trying to save money, but uh, when they look at it, they think, okay, well, if your guys are in the studio, they're doing a great job calling it off the monitor. Yeah. Why send them to the cities? But it, it's not only what you talked about, um, not being able to see everything. Uh, there would be times when, and I get it, but we were watching the game on TV and maybe uh, the, the company that was producing the telecast that night, they might have been into a graphic or still into a replay mm-hmm. when the live play was back on. And that, that happened one night that somebody hit the goalpost. I could hear it because we would have like a live sort of a, a wild feed, if you will, of ice noise in our headsets. But looking up at um, the play uh, on the TV, they were still in a replay. Oh, so, no. you know, you're trying to guess what happened. But, and again, those are, those are minor things. I mean, sure. we got through it. And uh, <laughs> so it was great to be able to call games, but uh, I don't, I hope I never have to do it again. That way, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, as, as Rick said, when he asked that question, there were a couple of things that you mentioned in your first response that we wanted to go into a little more. And, and one of those has been, um, what is, I think, turned out to be a surprising amount of injuries for the Canadians uh, to, to start this camp uh, and how much they've impacted this camp. Um, i just wondering if you could talk just a bit, a little kind of a, a two-sided version of this. First of all, meaning with as many injuries as there are, uh, the opportunity it's obviously provided for some players who would have probably been cut by now who are sticking around. Um, and, and also is it, you know, there's Dominic Ducharme, this is his first, uh, full, uh, season under a, a contract as head coach for, for the Canadians. There's a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, is there, it, it, it almost seems as though they are, I don't want to say being overcautious, but they're definitely taking their time and allowing players to not to, to not rush them back from from injuries, even if it's something as minor as Cole Caulfield's day to day injury from a week ago. Is is there have you gotten a sense at all about, you know, perhaps n- even almost a change in philosophy on trying to not rush guys back, trying to not re-aggravate injuries and playing it a little more safely when it comes to rehabbing those injuries? I can't say that that's the case. I, I suppose just because we don't really know the severity of injuries, and, and sometimes I, 
you don't know if an NHL team is, is being totally honest with you, really. And mm. I mean, they don't have they don't have to. Uh, that's that's the culture, right? I mean, lots of times they try to hide things, and I'm not saying the Canadians are doing that right now. But uh, if you look at a guy like Edmondson, and I'm not sure what's up with him, but I think okay, he battled so hard, um, well into right to the final, and they had a compressed schedule before that. Maybe it's something lingering from the off season or from the season, pardon me, uh, mm-hmm. going into an off season that, that wasn't long enough. So uh, I guess in that sense, and yeah, maybe they are giving guys a little more time to get ready for the year. Um, you know, the price had uh, surgery on his knee and, and it's the same thing with him. They don't want to rush him back, but at the same time, it's, and you, I mean, you want guys to be healthy. You need them to be healthy, but they have to start strong. They're going to be in tough to try to make the playoffs. So I, believe because it's a pretty strong division they go back into so um every point counts and it'll be interesting to see who's ready to go when opening night comes um in toronto but i i think sort of the first part of what you asked i like seeing guys uh and what they can do with more opportunity because other players are injured now you look at ryan paling he struggled uh cedric paquette who, who was signed basically to be a fourth-line centerman. He is hurt right now, so so everything is there for Ryan. He played a little better, I thought, Saturday in his third exhibition game than he did in the previous two. He'll play, um, as we speak, he's going to play tomorrow in Toronto. I believe Dom said that. So there's an opportunity for a guy like that. I mentioned Gooley. I don't expect that he'll break camp with the team. He's going to go back to PA, I would think. But still, even if he doesn't, it's a chance to show that, um, management what you can do and to make a good impression. So it leaves them with a good feeling, even if you do get cut, that, okay, this kid is on the right path. Or maybe it's not a kid like a, a Chris Weidman, mm-hmm. who was trying to revive his NHL career after a year in, in the KHL. Now, um, I think regardless if Edmondson was healthy, I think still they would have given uh, Weidman a long look. But it's all part of um, what the storylines are here at Canadians training camp. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot of openings this year. So it's, it's kind of been dull in that sense where I think you coming into the season or the, the preseason, you could look and say, okay, this is what the, whatever the top, uh, 10, 11 forwards are going to look like. And this is what the defenseman will look like. So, um, while there are, um, injuries, uh, you, you still, it's kind of easy to, to look at, um, for example, when Caulfield was out, well, Gallier was ready to come back. You plugged him in, and then you thought, okay, when Caulfield comes back, he's going to be in that line with Suzuki Tapoli, and then Gallagher's going to go with Evans and RBA. And that's what we saw today. So everything's kind of slowly rounding into shape. <laughs> you just mentioned uh, Caden Gooley and the expectation that that he is uh, is uh, that he's to go back to to junior, go back to Prince Albert, and and that's that's logical. And and uh, he goes back to. Uh, uh, Prince Albert, he, he is then eligible to play in the World Juniors and likely would be uh, uh, captain for Team Canada. Uh, then there's the whole kind of shadow of, of acknowledging that Kakinemi was rushed. So everything points to, logically, uh, to Caden Gooley going back to junior. However, the other part of that, I guess, is that before camp began, all the, the buzz was around Matthias Norlander. Um, but has, has Caden Gooley for you been kind of a revelation? His, 
his play. He's he, he looks like a better skater than we were led to believe. He's of course physical, a good gap, hasn't looked out of place. And then there's the whole uh, off ice side where his his uh, attitude and his temperament, and even on the ice being very calm. Some of the players, David Savard, referred to how calm he is. Um, he said his job is to make it tough on management, uh, the decision making, and and it. Would you agree that it seems like he's he's done that in camp? I would, and I should go back for a minute, Rick, to Norlander. He's another player who's injured right now, so he's not going right. to get a chance to to show what he can do, as you know. Um, as far as Gooley goes, it, it's been a treat to watch him, and part of that mm-hmm. was when he spoke with us following an exhibition game. He's up there, and okay, so he's 19, and he's he's at the Bell Center in the media room, and the, the TV lights are on him, and there's a there's a sea of reporters in front of him, and he was as cool as a cucumber. And that doesn't mean he's going to be a star NHL player, but it was it was pretty interesting to see. And, it and the ice bag on his foot. The ice bag on his foot, and they didn't try to hide that, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's all part of, of what we understand um, to be about this player. And he had a couple of, well, if I call them run-ins, but couple of collisions with Wayne Simmons in uh, a game against Toronto, which would have been last Monday uh, at the Bell Center. And I really liked it because it just showed that he wasn't at 19. He wasn't starstruck. I mean, Wayne Simmons has been in the league a long time. He's been a really good player. And you know that he's physical. Caden stepped up and he initiated contact. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was telling. Um, I I really like his skating ability. Uh, Somebody asked me, who do you think out of the two of them? And I don't know that it's a fair question to ask, but it's it's fine. Between Norlander and Gooley, who do you think is more ready for the NHL right now? And look, if they were the same age, I would definitely say Gooley. Uh, Norlander's 21 and a little bit of pro experience. Um, he looked good too when I saw him. Totally different defenseman, but I, I think the Canadians certainly have um, uh, more than more than uh, their own rights to feel that this is going to be a good defenseman for a long time. So the thing is, though, I think he only played five games last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yes. or a handful with Laval and then with uh, Prince Albert broke his hand, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's important that eventually he'll go back and, and play a ton and, and be a team captain at 19. He was named captain of the Raiders at 18, which is pretty cool too. So he is certainly a bright light for the future. I agree. He's and and you're right. He's he is very he's exciting to watch, and can't wait to see how he develops. Um, yeah. The other, you know, you talked about how pre-training camp it was for the most part pretty easy to to take a look at the the depth charts and and kind of plug people into where they were likely going to go. Um, I'm not sure that anyone thought, and I'm not going to say, being someone who who lives outside the Philadelphia area, who's well acquainted with goaltending controversies. <laughs> Zenny, nothing, <laughs> nothing near that, of course. But I don't know that anyone thought that there would be some raised eyebrows about the goaltending situation in the midst of training camp, uh, knowing that Price was still going to be rehabbing and so forth. But suddenly, Sam Montembeau gets uh, claimed off of waivers. Um, Sam Montembeau, of course, strong, um, has has played some NHL games for the Florida Panthers, but a very strong AHL career was an AHL all-star for the Springfield Thunderbirds a number of years ago. Um, 
now it's you know and 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 in his press availability availability today excuse me um mentioned that you know he's he's there to now battle for that backup spot for Jake Allen should Price not be able to go to start the season so what does what really does that tell all of us from the outside looking uh looking in about um Caden Primo's Availability, readiness, uh, his need to go back to the AHL, as you could also put Michael McNiven in there, who who performed well in his preseason game. Um, just what does the addition of Sam Montembeau do with the goaltending depth? Well, it has to rattle Primo, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I, watching him in practice, he's not looked good at all. Uh, just a, a few days ago, another colleague uh, was with me, he was standing behind his net, and guys were just coming down on rushes and he was letting a lot of pucks in. And I know it's just practice, mm-hmm. but uh, at some point you got to mix in a save. And I didn't think, I mean, he had a, a relatively um, easy night of it. I guess it was Saturday against uh, Ottawa and he made a couple of decent saves, but uh, he's, his play has been less than inspiring. And look, let's face it. Yes, they can get a, go out and get a, a good goaltender in Montembeau and it costs them nothing, but it, so when they do that, it shows me that obviously they don't think Price will be ready. But it, it's not really a, a vote of confidence for Primo either. And I'm trying to remember, last year near the end of this season, um, he played, and I can't tell you who it was against, but he was terrible. And I know that yeah. was only one game as well. But, yeah, he, he got pulled uh, I think there has to be concern there. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and it, it was, it, pardon me, it was awkward looking. And uh, he's not looked good in camp, so... Uh, now, it can't be good for his confidence. Montembeau's ahead of him on, on the depth chart. I, I don't see any other way. Yeah. Well, it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to, to watch how that shakes out. Mentioned about the, yeah. the changes in, in personnel, but the, the biggest uh, change uh, uh, with respect to leadership is Shea Weber not being available this, this season. And um, Dom Ducharmer said that it's going to be by committee, uh, Brendan Gallagher will have the a permanent A. The others will be uh, rotated, uh, and you, you expect uh, Paul Byron once he's back uh, to 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 have that. Uh, maybe Ben Sherratt, uh, Jeff Petrie. Um, but the way that uh, this past week Brendan Gallagher uh, arrived at camp, and the way he spoke about um, uh, Shea Weber and the impact that uh, Shea Weber's had on on his uh, playing career, uh, talked about him in terms of hockey hall of fame. Ben Sherratt did a, a very similar thing. Um, you, you know, you, you have to wonder if, if, if it's, if the players are seeing this as more than Weber being out, uh, just a year. Um, but if yeah. you could talk about both the, the, the leadership vacuum a, as well as, as kind of the legacy, uh, that, uh, uh, Weber has left, uh, to his teammates in terms of leadership? I find leadership a little bit elusive to comment on for the most part because we aren't in the room. But you hear enough from players uh, talk about what Weber has done and, and what he's meant to them, and then you start to get a, a better picture of it. Uh, it's He's an interesting cat. Um, pretty quiet, pretty reserved when it comes to the media. I always found him to be extremely... You know, friendly and cordial. Whenever I'd see him on the road, he'd always say hi, which, you know, call me by my name, which I always appreciated. I know that's a little thing, but he's 
he, he's a he's a character guy, and uh, when you hear whether it's Gallagher talk about him or it's Caulfield who talks about him, a guy in his tenth year and a guy going into his first full year, they they all say the same thing. I mean, he set the tone for sure for this organization. And if you want to go way back to the trade between um, Montreal and Nashville, that just earth shaking trade, yeah. and I don't <laughs> like to do it because. It, people just talked about it ad nauseum, kept talking about Subban, and I thought, okay, he's gone. At some mm-hmm. point, he turned the page. But uh, it was it was Mark saying we wanted to change the culture. And I think a lot of people kind of shook their head at that. But but for my money, he did. And I don't know how bad it was or if it was bad before, but the way he just comported himself had a trickle-down effect. And that's uh, was also addressed by Sherratt and Gallagher and other players that you talk to, they've said that he kind of taught us how, how to behave. Not that they wouldn't know how to, how to be around an NHL locker room or on the ice if Weber never came here, but there is a legacy like you talked about. So um, will there be a leadership vacuum? I guess to an extent, sure. But I, you know, I see a guy like Gallagher and boy, he brings a lot. And I don't know, again, you can't get behind closed doors and, and hear what speeches are made and what guys say when things need to be said. But if you're talking about leading by example, then Brennan Gallagher is as good as anybody at doing that. So I think, um, and he also said too, that Weber's pretty much in touch with him every day to see what's going on. And so he's kind of watching from afar. I don't know if we'll ever see him again. I I have my doubts, Uh, but that's the thing too. They can't, they can't uh, think about him when they play this season. I mean, he's, He's not in the picture right now, but in a sense, I suppose what he's left the team leadership-wise, he is in the picture. So it, it's a good thing. I mean, the guy put his heart and soul into the last season. I thought he was tremendous in the playoffs. And, yeah, they certainly will miss him either way. So as uh, as training camp is getting to the, the latter portion of it where the, the – opening of the regular season we can we can almost reach out and and grab it it's it's right around the corner you mentioned earlier uh in the interview that uh it's it's going to be a challenging year for the canadians the way the division is lining up um just want to get your overall perspective on the season outlook for this team and and how you think things are gonna you know given a quote-unquote knock on wood uh barring major injuries throughout the season, what, what are the outlook, what's the outlook looking like for, for the Montreal Canadiens in 2021-22? I look at the team and I like their depth and their skill on the wings. Uh, I think that's definitely a strength for them. And for what it's worth, Jonathan Drouin has looked terrific in the preseason. Uh, he's having fun. He's flying around out there. Maybe a big weight's been lifted off his shoulders. He's 26 years old. Hopefully the worst is behind him and he's, he's good mentally and that's, that's what really matters. But he is part of a, a really good group of wingers. Down the middle of the ice, it's a concern to me. Uh, and you said barring injury, but how about, I mean, if you look at Suzuki and Dvorak, they're pretty good there. Now, Jake Evans just signed um, a three-year deal uh, recently at 1.7 million bucks per and, and he talked about how that just allows him to breathe a little bit and he loves the confidence that's being shown in him. Uh, can he be, I don't want to say a replacement for Philip Denault, but uh, the defensive work from a centerman is going to have to come from somebody. And uh, look, we know Suzuki's good two ways and, and uh, Dvorak as well, but I see Evans as more of a, a shutdown centerman, potentially anyway. Don talked about the fact it'll be nice, at least offensively, he'll be insulated with Armia and Gallagher to start the season. They'll be on the line. 
the fourth line center is a concern. Even if Paquette is ready to go, I don't know how much is left in the tank there. Uh, Matthew Perot is, is rotating in at center right now. He hasn't played center in four years, so that's a concern. Uh, on defense, we talked about the loss of Weber. Um, I, I do I do like other parts of their defensive core, but uh, they can't afford a step back from Jeff Petrie. Uh, Edmondson, he's got to get healthy and get in there soon. Uh, a lot of spotlight's going to be on uh, David Savard. And as always, I mean, I started this job in 2014, and uh, Carey Price was the most important Canadian then, and he is now. And I get the sense he will be until he retires. So, um, But, look, you can't even count on that. I mean, he was great, obviously, in the last two playoffs, not great in the last three regular seasons. So it's going to be nip and tuck for them, I think. Um it's not to say that they, they won't make the playoffs, but I think it's, if they do, it's going to be really difficult for them to do so. Well, if there's one thing we can count on, it is some magnificent insight from you every time you join us on the show. We certainly uh, appreciate you taking the time, Dan. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's exciting, as you say, that it's looking like it could be a knock-on-wood normal season ahead, and we certainly hope uh, that... Uh, that that ends up being the case. Uh, again, Dan Robertson, play-by-play broadcaster for TSN 690 for the Montreal Canadiens. You can find him on Twitter at DanRTSN. Uh, Dan, we just can't thank you enough for joining us. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, my pleasure, too. Anytime. Thanks, Dan. Well, Rick, I can certainly say that uh, now that we've had Dan Robertson on the show uh, again, it's A, Always great to hear from him. He's got great insight. And B, I feel like we, I'm, I'm definitely prepared for the road ahead for the Canadians. He's, uh, I, I liked uh, talking to Dan. He's, he's uh, as you said, great insight. He's very measured. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, he, um, he's one of those play-by-play broadcasters. Not all of them can do it. Uh, that has a good sense to sit back and be able to analyze the game as well. Absolutely. And we always appreciate Dan uh, taking the time out of a very busy schedule that he has uh, to, to make some time to chat with us here on the Press Zone. Uh, so thanks again, Dan. Uh, and we can't wait to hear you on the call for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, one more thing that we should mention uh, is that the Laval Rocket has indeed now f- officially opened their training camp as well. If you head over to AHLReport.com, uh, there is an article there detailing the entire roster of invitees to the Laval camp. There are 29 players who were invited to camp. Keep in mind, uh, more will be arriving once Montreal goes through another round or two of cuts from the NHL training camp. But for now, there's 29 players invited to to Laval's uh, training camp. Seven of them are there on a tryout basis. Uh, They are uh, split into two groups. They are each practicing uh, once every day. Uh, All of that is in preparation for their two. uh, Laval will only be playing two preseason games. They will happen on Friday and Saturday this week. Both of them are happening in Belleville. Friday night's game will be against the Belleville Senators at CAA Arena in Belleville. Saturday afternoon, however, uh, the Toronto Marlies come into town into Belleville, uh, where they will play against the Laval Rocket, but in the Belleville Arena before Toronto then goes ahead and plays Belleville uh, on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> CAA Arena, Rick, is kind of acting as neutral territory for, for the Marlies and the Rocket on Saturday. And, of course, that's ahead of Laval's regular season uh, schedule, with, uh, which opens um, at Place Bell on October 15th in a game against 
the Belleville Senators. That's right. So uh, all of us here at the AHL Report are geared up and ready to bring you another season of chock full of comprehensive coverage of the Laval Rocket. Uh, you won't find coverage like this uh, any anywhere else. Uh, and so we invite you to bookmark AHLReport.com. Uh, my colleague Chris G, of course, will be in the press box in Laval for every home game. I'll be on the, the coverage for every away game. Uh, and we've got even more in store for you. Uh, we've got some new team members on the AHL Report who's going to be who are going to be bringing you some some more coverage as well. So uh be sure you bookmark it. We can't wait to get started covering the Laval Rocket. Um, before we take a quick break, uh, and I know we've got Patrick Williams waiting in the ring- wings. He's going to be here with us in the next segment. Rick, I want to be sure to say happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our Canadian listeners, because I do understand that you get to eat some hefty amounts of gravy before we reconvene here next week. Boatloads of gravy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving, of course, from all of us here at Rocket Sports Media to all of our Canadian listeners. We certainly hope that you have a wonderful day uh, filled with family and good food and uh, and and all sorts of fun things like that. So uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and we've got Patrick Williams here for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Throw down a dollar on any hockey game and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Big thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings. You just heard from them a special offer. Don't forget to use that promo code THPN. Uh, And that comes to you all because we are affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, It's a great group of hockey enthusiasts and podcasts, uh, so be sure to check them out as well. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined in the studio by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, And be sure that you're following, actually, couple of things. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We certainly don't want you to ever miss an episode. And now that we're really getting into the the thick of of getting prepared for the season to start, you definitely don't want to miss an episode. Uh, We've got great interviews, uh, exclusive interviews, great coverage. You don't want to miss any of it. So be sure you're subscribed. uh, And also be sure you're following on Twitter. Two places to follow at the AHL Report. 
And that's where you'll get all of our game recaps, uh, Patrick Williams feature articles every other week, uh, player profiles, uh, all sorts of information. You don't want to you don't want to miss that. So follow at the AHL report and you can follow this podcast at the press zone. Well, we are back with another fantastic edition of the AHL Hot Stove with Patrick Williams right here on the Press Zone and the AHL Report. Patrick, our friend, how are you today? Good. How are, how are both of you? We're doing pretty good. We're doing well. <laughs> Traversing through preseason and training camps and so on and so forth. And actually, uh, there's two things before we start this segment. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about training camps and and what's happening around the AHL uh, in this segment as far as training camps go. But there's two things that we want to tick off the board before them. Um, the first is that you not only beat me, but you trounced me in our Rocket Sports <laughs> Fantasy Football League this week. And I think we need to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Three and one, I might add, um, uh, on the season. I could have been four and zero, oh, but I lost by like half a point uh-huh. in the third week of the season. Uh-huh. <laughs> Coming from the, oh, I haven't played fantasy football in a while, so. Well, and I had three of my regulars uh, injured this week. Yes, and I thought I was. Fact, gonna, <laughs> I thought in I was fact, beat you. <laughs> you tried to pawn off one of your injured players to me in a in a trade. <laughs> Well, I figured he was only going to be injured for a week or so. And, you know, I figured I might be able to give you a bargain. I see. Really? Wow. My goodness. Well, touche. Congratulations. Just savvy. That's a yeah. savvy manager right That's there. That's right. The family savvy manager. The family came up strong against uh, Fly Eagles Flyers. And so I tip well, my hat. Congratulations. But yeah, it's on next is- time. The family is is doing well. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady's my quarterback, and as I've said before, uh, Tom Brady is coming in and making this football team a football family. Wow, <laughs> it, you're, it's you're really a a, a very hands on manager. It's it's good to see that you have a family yeah. family atmosphere going on over there. So in our yes. twelve in our twelve uh, player league, we should say that uh, Patrick is currently in fifth. Uh, I am currently in seventh, and we're not going to talk about where I'm. at. We're not going to talk about where you are because okay. of the three Rocket Sports fantasy football teams, football leagues that I'm in, this is my worst one. I'm okay. in eleventh. I am currently four and zero in our All Habs Keeper League. So, I'm at both end of this, both ends of the spectrum right now. <laughs> and you're what now? One and three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did, you know, I know you had Christian McCaffrey on one of your clubs and, you know, yeah. I had him on mine and yeah, his, uh, his situation is, is not good. Unfortunately. He needs uh, to just, uh, buck up and get back out there. <laughs> a little bit of tape and you yeah. know, bubble gum and tape and get him out there. Duct yeah, tape well. fixes everything. Let's go, buddy. And and Gronk is still injured, unfortunately. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought he was going to play this past week. You know, coming back home to New England, but uh, now they're they're talking fractured ribs, so that and doesn't sound great. Lung. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, my only question was how how big and how strong do you have to be to fracture Gronk's ribs? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I know it's an NFL <laughs> linebacker, and they're all huge and superhuman and all that, but Wow, like that is some serious. <laughs> That's some strength. serious strength. 
Well, congratulations yeah. to you. Um, we'll uh, we'll see how the rematch goes the next time. Uh, our second item before we get to the meat and potatoes <laughs> is that we need to, uh, on behalf of Rick and myself and everyone here at the Rocket Sports team, we've talked to our listeners and readers so much about how excited we are that you're part of the team this year, um, and we're so looking forward to to getting to work with you. Um, but on all, behalf of all of us, we have to say a big congratulations to you because big announcement came out from the AHL yesterday uh, that uh, Patrick is going to be a regular contributor at the AHL's website. Yeah, um, thank you. And I'm really excited about it. I think, um, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, this was a long a deal long in the making. I mean, just everything these days is, is difficult with you know, pandemic and finances of not just the hockey industry, but really pretty much any industry you can think of. Um, that, you know, this is the first time really I'll ever be in a place where the AHL is the number one priority for the place I'm writing for. I mean, you know, I've written Yay. for Sportsnet, <laughs> for TSN, and for some other sites. And, you know, it's always sort of, the writing's always been in the context of, well, what does this mean for the NHL team or, you know, NHL players, you know, prospects. And of course, the AHL's bread and butter is player development. But my stance is, and the league's stance, is that there's also a lot more to the league than simply developing players and sending them on to the NHL. You know, there's all sorts of uh, storylines and, you know, unique history and, um, you know, fan bases in this league that are concerned far more than just developing players. I mean, fans are fans no matter where you're going. They want to see their team win and compete and um, score goals and, and hit and fight and all the stuff uh, that comes with hockey. And, um, you know, they're interested in that side of things, not just, well, you know, we're producing players for the NHL parent team. So that's what I'm going to try to cover and really capture. It's just, you know, there's a lot going on down here. Uh, every given weekend, uh, teams playing two, three games. Um on that weekend and uh, there's just a ton uh, happening especially i mean coming back off the pandemic season uh it's gonna be a time of a lot of transition for the league and uh you know you have palm springs coming in next season uh so i mean there's a lot of growth uh there's really in the next year there's gonna be three new buildings opening uh, mm. in henderson palm springs and san jose so uh, for all the problems the league has had to face in the last uh, 18 plus months, uh, there's also a lot of uh, positive growth on the horizon. So I'm really looking forward to dating into some of this and, um, you know, just writing for, for a site where uh, the AHL is the priority and it's not, you know, simply, well, you know, prospect X or prospect Y is, you know, uh, on the fast track and, you know, you can't wait till he gets out of here and gets to the NHL. <laughs> And so that's one of the real, that was one of the really appealing aspects of this uh, opportunity. Well, so to ahead. have you um, uh, writing for AHL.com, writing uh, about the AHL for NHL.com, and of course, uh, now this year to have you uh, aboard our team, our Rocket Sports mm -hmm. team. Uh, the kind of, of of work you've you've already done uh, in your biweekly column, uh, the first one out uh, on uh, AHLReport.com, the the uh, podcasts that that we've started here in the press zone and our biweekly AHL hot stoves, uh, we're we're just really excited uh, for you and to see the success that you're having. And uh, really proud to be affiliated with you for this uh, upcoming year and, and beyond. 
Well, thank you. And that, that was the aspect of the AHO report that really appealed to me as well. You know, um, you know, a lot of, most of the work really I've done over the years has been kind of, you know, solo work. It's almost like use a tennis analogy, you're playing singles. Well, I wanted to play some doubles, and, you, know, <laughs> chance, you know, you know, to kind of be part of a team and not just kind of on my own little island. So uh, that's, I'm very grateful for the opportunity with AHO report and um, everything that comes with that as well. We love having you as well, even when you defeat our fantasy football team. <laughs> even when I come in and wreak havoc. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We would expect nothing less. All right. So today's AHL hot stove segment, it's, it is training camp season. Finally, uh, AHL training camps, all, if they have not started already, are starting throughout the week. Um and I guess let's let's first talk about the unique situation that AHL coaches find themselves in when it comes to training camp, um, because, you know, the NHL teams get to take their invitee roster and they get to whittle that down at their leisure and, and cut players as they see necessary to try to create that opening night NHL roster. And and it overlaps with the beginning of of AHL training camps this year, it seems it's overlapping even more. So uh, opening night for both leagues is very close together. So yeah. AHL coaching staffs are starting training camps even more with, I guess with, with even less of their potential roster players than they normally would, because a lot of them are still up on the NHL side at those training camps. So I guess, Patrick, let's just start with that. Like what, let's talk just a bit about, AHL training camp and and how condensed it is and challenging it can be. Well, it's challenging, like you said, in the best of times. I mean, where um, coaches get their their players kind of in, in dribs and drabs, and um, you really a lot of times don't even know what your team will look like until three or four days before the regular season begins. And, um, you know, a, one thing NHL coaches have to deal with that NHL teams don't is is waivers, and that can be a time when uh, some of your best players get snagged on the waiver wire, and uh, all of a sudden uh, you're uh, missing a goalie that you were expecting to be your number one or a top defenseman or, or what have you. And uh, so there's a lot of that. And there's and there's players coming. There's you know, in waves, and then you know. You have a lot of guys on tryout deals or ECHL or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so, uh, yeah, trying to get any sort of cohesion is difficult. Uh, and it's one reason why HL teams keep their uh, preseason schedule pretty brief uh, for the most part. Most teams only play two, maybe three games. I mean, I, I know one. I think it's Lehigh this season is playing, playing four, four games, which is, which is quite high uh, is. For, for normal times. And I think even more so, like, you know, um, there's so much turnover now from, from last season, uh, especially, you know, this is our first training camp really in two years. I mean, there was the little abbreviated one before last season, but uh, that was, <clears throat> I'm not even sure I would even call that really a, a traditional training camp last season. So, um, you know, just, you know, when you think about the turnover in the last four or five months, and especially over the last 18 months from teams. I mean, you're looking at essentially two-thirds to three-quarters of most teams have turned over, and uh, usually it's more in the range of a third to a half. So um, 
there's just a ton of uh, change right now and you have uh, coaches that are trying to come in. You still have a lot of these protocols hanging around and um, you have to navigate that and that makes it more difficult. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways it's almost like a hybrid of a normal season and last season. So um, coaches have their hands full uh, every preseason, but even more so this year. Just want to pick up on something you said there, and that was uh, rosters can be uh, thrown out of kilter AHL rosters by uh, players being claimed from waivers, and I think you know we we haven't seen a lot of that in the in the past uh, in a regular um, a, a normal uh, operating mm-hmm. season. Um, and, and people have said, well, maybe there's a, a, you know, some sort of gentleman's agreement among, uh, AHL or amongst NHL GMs not to claim, uh, players at this time of the season before the opening of the roster. Cause it, it happens very rarely, but it's usually, um, because the, the rosters are so full and, and there isn't room to, uh, to add, uh, players, but we've seen it more this year with uh, mm-hmm. the Canadians claiming Samuel Montembeau, the the goaltender from Florida. We've seen uh, Axel Janssen Falby mm-hmm. um, from Washington going to to uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, Rem Pitlick claimed by the 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 Wild. Um, why do you do you have any insight on why do you think it, it seems to be happening uh, more often this year than it has in the past? I, I don't, and I'm not sure why, but it's certainly the case. Mason Geertsen, another one, and he was yeah, that's right. one of Hartford, supposed to be addicted to be one of Hartford's top defensemen, and now he's off to New Jersey. Uh, but, like, you talk about um, the Canadians and, and Florida, and that was a goaltender that was ticketed to be going to Charlotte. Uh, he was going to probably play with Antoine Bebo and uh, be a really strong one-two tandem there. And... Um, they don't have that option now, right? So um, it's, I mean, goaltenders are a little bit of a different case, but yeah, now we're seeing forwards. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about actually Janssen Falby, he he was a 20-goal scorer uh, most likely this season for the Hershey lineup, and uh, he's off to Buffalo. And so that that's a hole now that new Hershey head coach Scott Allen has to fill somehow, and uh, it's not necessarily one that can be filled easily. So um I don't know why, other than just I would maybe just chalk it up to the general upheaval and chaos uh, of this past offseason. It was such a strange free agent market uh, at the NHL, AHL bubble level. Um, you know, the amount of talent that was hanging around out there really, you know, deep into, into September was really strange. I mean, you look at someone like Aaron Ness, top defenseman for, for years in this league, and uh, he had to go – uh, the camp, he was first supposed to go to Seattle, then ended up going to Boston's camp, and then finally he settled for an AHL deal in Providence. And um, so you're seeing a lot of talent uh, as NHL teams, I think, are, are just, they're still dipping their toe back into everything. Um, you know, there's the salary cap, but there's also the financial aspects, uh, you know, that go be, well beyond the salary cap, you know, especially at the AHL level where, you know, the cap's not an issue, but real dollars and cents are. So, um, now I think teams, they get into a situation where they're like, well, maybe we should have been a little bit more active this summer. guess we're going to have to go the, the waiver uh, path and, and try to find somebody that way. Uh, so that's one possibility. But, uh, yeah, I don't have a great explanation. I think 
everything right now, um, we're still in so many uncharted waters. Uh, you know, last season was certainly uncharted, and now this season is in its own way. So that's my best theory, but it, that's all it is at this point is the theory. In, in addition to the waiver pickups, you know, you mentioned and, and you even you even You've talked about it on Twitter. You talked about it in your inaugural under review column on AHL report last week uh, about the glut of free agents that were still available deep into September um, that now that AHL training camps are starting. Some of those guys you had mentioned, we were talking before the show that, that aside from waivers, there's a bunch of guys that are showing up as PTOs uh, in, in training camps, which is, I guess, another way, uh, hopefully to, to start filling some of those empty spots. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, uh, well, Greg Carey, for example, going to camp, um, uh, with the Chicago Wolves. I mean, a really, a, a proven 20 goal scorer at this level for several seasons. And, and the best he can get is a PTO. And, um, so many guys in his, in his similar situation, um, um, who had to settle for that uh, you know, just because of, of what the market is right now, uh, what teams are dealing with. And then you look at the talent that's still available. I mean, uh, start with Laval. You have Joe Blandese still sitting out there. And for my money, one of the best players in the league last year. Um, and he doesn't have a contract. Uh, Brandon Peary, uh, who, you know, at this level is, you know, in a full season, probably a 40 goal uh, scorer uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't have a contract. Uh, Thomas Yurko, uh, who was fantastic two years ago with Charlotte in the Calder Cup playoffs, and uh, when they won the win the championship, uh, Chris Muller, uh, another real established veteran. Um, you know, so you go on and on down the list. Cam Schilling uh, on the blue line, Nate Prosser on the blue line, like like guys that at this level are high end players, first pairing type defensemen or top six forwards. Zane McIntyre in net. Uh, he was an all-star last year with Lehigh Valley. Doesn't have a contract. And so on and so forth. Right down the list, uh, it's still a very weird market. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of um, rhyme or reason, it seems like. And it's almost like if you're a player, uh, it really did, uh, you know, behoove you this summer. To, if you got even the slightest hint of an offer to jump on it. And to not wait for something better because uh, a lot of cases it seems like uh, nothing better did come along for players and now they are kind of having to scramble and and uh, settle for for deals and I mean you're seeing players uh, Europe isn't quite the option it once was just because everything is just more in upheaval and you know do, you know generally those players are older so you know they may be married they may have families. Do you want to be taking a family over to Europe, you know, in a pandemic situation uh, or leaving them back home? So, I mean, there's just so many variables now that, that aren't typically there. So, um, well, I, think, I think that's what we're seeing is just uh, everybody's now trying to feel their way through the dark. And um, there isn't a great uh, template for, for players, for agents at, or for teams uh, as to how to navigate this. I guess the other part of it is we've seen very competitive uh, training camps and mm. that's a, that's good news, I guess, for the AHL teams, because it means that talent uh, is going to be bumped down to the, to, to the AHL and you, 
you wonder what was, is going to happen uh, between Montreal and Laval. What will happen with Ryan Paling? Um, mm-hmm. You you wonder if if Cole Perfetti is going to make uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Someone like Jonathan uh, Kovacevic, who had a very good training camp, uh, is is uh, going to be playing for the Moose because the Jets upgraded their back end um, this past uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Seattle, Kale Flurry, who we're familiar with, uh, is is uh, is going to be playing in the AHL. Uh, Noah Juleson in Florida. Uh, there, there's going to be some good talent uh, because there's the the spots on the NHL roster are so highly competitive. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that kind of that first wave of cuts uh, uh, for Charlotte, you know, coming from both Florida and. Uh, Seattle. I mean, did uh, that move now to to get uh, a um, a pair of uh, affiliates that kind of go back to an old school dual affiliation? Uh, that move by the Charlotte Checkers is looking really smart right now because <laughs> yeah. um, if you had just been Florida, it might have been a fairly thin lineup. Uh, but now you're getting you're getting kind of the best uh, of the both uh, both worlds from from two NHL clubs, uh, Seattle's especially has a lot of players that already kind of fit that, that, um, that NHL, AHL bubble. So a lot of guys that can kind of go either way. And then they, they picked up Scott Wilson last, uh, I guess a couple of days ago on an AHL deal. So, um, yeah, Charlotte's looking like the real thing for this season. I mean, I think it'd be an amazing storyline if you got Charlotte, uh, win the cup in 2019, they're still technically the defending champs. True. (laughs) Um, And now if they came and they won the 2022 cup with uh, two completely different uh, NHL parent teams, I think that would be, (laughs) that would be quite the story. And, you know, I mean, given what their lineup is, is starting to shape up as uh, it wouldn't shock me one bit um, if they could pull that off because uh, yeah, they looked really, really good. I mean, Waivers obviously is an issue uh, that any team uh, has to deal with, and now you have two NHL clubs that are putting guys on waivers. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, if things can shape up like they're looking, I mean, watch out. I mean, they, they Connor Carrick, Kale Flurry, Gustav Olsen, uh, Antoine Bebo, uh, just coming from Seattle. So, uh, um, Charlotte. I mean, they're 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 a smart team. That that is a very smart front office in general. Uh, both uh, on and off the ice in terms of uh, how they handle their business operations. And uh, they certainly got dealt a blow um, way back uh, almost uh, a year now plus uh, when Carolina pulled out. Uh, but uh, they've, uh, they've rebounded quite nicely. And, um, you know, you could have a situation where this would be the first time since 1990 and 91 where the same AHL team won the Calder Cup back-to-back years with uh, two different parent clubs. Uh, so I think that would be a really cool, <laughs> very story cool storyline. Yeah. Uh, and that, that team was Springfield back in 90 and 91 with the Islanders and, and, and then the Whalers. Uh, so now you could, you could do it again. And I think, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I root for good storylines. Yeah. I think that's a very fun storyline to follow. Well, speaking of, of that, um, there are, uh, there are storylines uh, around new affiliations, around new locations. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, Abbotsford, um, the, the Canucks bringing their uh, uh, f- um, 
AHL affiliate closer to home and uh, from Utica going to Abbotsford. And, and Abbotsford, uh, for, for the fans there, uh, they're going to have uh, either Ole Levy or Jack Rathbone to go out and watch, two exciting players. Um, you have uh, Utica now uh, changing their affiliation from Vancouver uh, to New Jersey and, and, um, uh, new, new coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of, uh, Kevin Deneen, um, yeah. all kinds of, uh, interesting storylines, um, going on. Yeah. I mean, you start with Utica, right. And Kevin Deneen, uh, one of the real top coaches in, in, at this level. I mean, a guy who's been an NHL head coach before, uh, he, coached the Canadian women's team to a gold medal at the 2014 Olympics, uh, won a Stanley Cup uh, with Chicago as an assistant uh, under Joel Quinville um, back in 2015. I mean, extensive resume to go with his 19 years as a player, as a captain at the NHL level. And uh, I was surprised when San Diego uh, didn't retain him. Um, obviously, Joel Bouchard came in. That, that certainly was a little bit of a, a wrinkle in the plans, but um Deneen bounced back really nicely uh, going to Utica and the New Jersey Devils have really put a, a, a good team uh, potentially in Utica. And I'm really interested to see how, you know, you have a fiery coach like him uh, w- with a real strong roster uh, in that uh, little building in Utica where those fans are, are nuts. <laughs> and uh, to see that, you know, see that kind of that combination together, I think could be really interesting. And then you, you go out to Abbotsford, you know, which they pulled the Vancouver affiliation, like you said, uh, uh, from Utica, uh, brought it out west, uh, following the trend of uh, most NHL clubs now to be close to home. Uh, Vancouver was extremely active in the offseason uh, in terms of what they brought in that likely will be going to to the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, you know, obviously it's an attractive place to play if, if you're a player, especially if, if you have ties uh, either to BC or generally uh, somewhere out west. Uh, um, and play an hour from uh, Vancouver. Um, it, it's it's great for players in terms of their off ice and their their family life. Uh, that if you are called up or sent down between the NHL and the AHL, that's it's not major a major disruption. I mean, I I saw that firsthand with, with Winnipeg, um, going from the St. John's Ice Caps, uh, bringing the team back home uh, to Winnipeg with the Moose and. Uh, it's just night and day for players. All of a sudden, I mean, it's difficult enough if you're sent down, but at least now you're staying in the same city in the same same home. Uh, if you have family, your family's there. You're not getting on a plane, leaving your family behind, uh, you know, and, and going, you know, two and a half time zones away to St. John's and kind of uh, being uh, out of sight, out of mind in a way. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing for players. They, they really put a, a big premium on that. Uh, um, and uh, we're seeing now what that, that can mean um, for, um, for players, but also, you know, in terms of the Canucks management, I mean, you're going to have the Sedins are going to be pretty heavily involved with Abbotsford. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, if you're a young 20, 21-year-old AHL player and 
one of the Sedin brothers comes up to you and says, hey, I'd like to work with you on the, on your face-offs or on your, you know, your zone play, whatever the case may be. I mean, how do you say no to yes. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, just a wonderful option uh, for those players. I mean, and you could see uh, why so many players jumped at the opportunity to go to the Abbotsford this year. Uh, Sheldon Drys went there. Uh, Matthew Highmore. um uh, Nick Patan went there, uh, Kyle Burroughs. I mean, so just a lot of young talent uh, was, you know, really, I think, intrigued to go there and uh, have a good setup. And uh, I've been to the building in Abbotsford. It's top-notch building, and they've actually improved it since the original Abbotsford Heat played there. So um, it should just be a great setup, I think, uh, for those players, for the management, and, and certainly for Canucks fans. Uh, be they the NHL Canucks or now the AHL Canucks. Uh, you know, see your players go back and forth. Easy to keep tabs on them. Um, if you're a Vancouver fan, you're not having to follow your prospects uh, in a time zone, three three time zones away. Uh, kind of far, you know, far removed from your from your world. So, And, and likewise for Utica. Now they have their players in, in New Jersey a couple of hours away. So it's just really the best of both worlds for all parties and uh, you know it's really just in keeping with the trends uh, of this league really go back uh, prior to 2015 but certainly the 2015 west coast uh, shift really accelerated that entire movement and now i mean it's one of dave andrews uh, i think biggest legacies uh, you know in his 26 years was getting a really solid coast-to-coast map uh, for the league and for uh, NHL parent clubs to, to really be able to experience the benefits of having an affiliate an hour or two down the road. So equally exciting, you know, obviously watching either new brand new teams come into the league uh, or new affiliations get shaken up, new buildings, that kind of thing. It's always fascinating to watch the early evolution uh, of those new teams or new affiliations, new franchises. Um, and one that has most recently come into the league, of course, was was uh, just in the last couple of years, the uh, the birth of the Henderson Silver Knights, of course, after uh, Vegas acquired the San Antonio Rampage and, and moved that franchise geographically closer uh, into Nevada. So Henderson is still pretty young in the league uh, in, in terms of the league history and a, a big portion of their young existence has been through a pandemic. So um, what is the lay of the land looking like for, for Henderson and, and how they are moving forward so far? Well, I think that the theme for Henderson, really for the Vegas Golden Knights in general since 2017 has been, uh, they spare no expense. Um, and you know, I, I would start with the building uh, situation for Henderson. They're playing right now in the Orleans Arena, which I would say by any standard would be a top 10, top five building in this league. Well, instead, they're going to build a, well, they are building a $64 million uh, <laughs> brand new facility um, in Henderson, uh, very close to their brand new uh, NHL caliber training facility, oh. uh, specifically targeted uh, for the use of uh, the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, so uh, there is no expense that they won't spend. Uh, Bill Foley, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, I think certainly has made that uh, a theme with the, with the uh, NHL club. And that's trickled right down now to the American League team. I mean, um, they do everything uh, first class out there. And uh, you can see why uh, 
another again players flock out there. I mean, they they had a very good season last year, and then a very active off season uh, this past summer, uh, bringing in some real high end uh, veteran talents. I mean, it, and you know, it, it, I guess it made sense, right? If you're a mid twenties player and uh, you know you have your options, so, well, playing in the Las Vegas market, uh, suburbs, uh, you know, of Henderson certainly would be appealing, I think, for a lot of players. Uh, especially having, again, having the NHL club in the same market. Uh, so your office life disruption is pretty minimal. Um, having the management uh, there at every game, being able to take uh, tabs on and, and facility-wise. I mean, you're not practicing in a uh, kind of a rundown community rink or something. You're in a top-notch, uh, state-of-the-art NHL caliber facility uh, out there. And, um, you know, they, they just hired a general manager, Tim Speltz, uh, came over from the from the Leafs, where he'd been uh, head of their amateur scouting uh, for the past five years. Very extensive history in the Western League as an executive. Uh, uh, so um, I spoke with him uh, on Monday uh, just to go over kind of the lay of the land with him and uh, what he's experiencing and, and what he can bring uh, coming over from the Leafs, who obviously are one of the real pioneers of uh, this uh, close-to-home philosophy. Um you know, with the Marlies uh, when they came in in 20, uh, 2005, I should say, and um, really were, uh, I mean, there was Philly. Philly was one of the first teams to do it, but uh, certainly uh, um, one of the real pioneers in that that, that close-to-home uh, model, um, you know, in terms of actually playing the same city. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting conversation with uh, Speltz because, uh, you know, he did say that, you know, working with Kyle Dubas there, uh, you can pick his brain. You, you can certainly get his thoughts on um, the pros and some of the cons of having an affiliate in the same market, um, off ice, uh, the logistics of it. I mean, one thing that is a challenge, I think, for some players living in, a, in an NHL-sized market is, is your cost of living, right? And that, that can be a challenge for players. I mean, if you think about the Ontario Reign or the San Jose Barracuda, I mean, you're in uh, one of the most expensive places in North America to live. Uh, so that can be a little challenging, especially for the younger guys that are, you know, kind of making their entry-level um, salary and uh, aren't signing the, the, the nice and big six-figure contracts that, you know, some of the veteran guys will get. So uh, there's just so many logistical things. And, and you know, he, he did uh, say, you know, he's – He's new to this side of it, you know, coming from the amateur side. And um, so he's going to be on the road with the team for, for quite a bit, especially in the, the early part of the season. Just to, he said, just to get a sense of uh, what the road life is like, what the burdens are uh, that are on young prospects and, and what they need and, and what, you know, both he and, and the Vegas uh uh, front office can provide for those players. And uh, you know, so it was, it was an interesting chat. And, you know, he'll be working there with uh, head coach Manny Viveros, another Western League uh, product uh, who had a really strong uh, opening season last year with Vegas, or I should say with Henderson, uh, even given everything. And to the extent that there was a championship last year, it was the Henderson Bakersfield mini final uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and that was one of, really some of the best hockey I've seen in quite a while. And um, you know, players were going hard and, uh, you know, I think that was, uh, due in large part to, uh, what Vegas Henderson and Manny Viveros were able to, the culture they were able to establish right from the get go, despite all the challenges that last season did, uh, provide teams. 
The only um, other thing that that I'll just add here is is how nimble uh, the the coaching staff in 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 the AHL has to be. We we know that already because of of the daily changes. But um, you know, I think of of uh, Belleville Belleville Senators um, that that uh, they were. Uh, counting on um, uh, you know a young player like Angus Crookshank to be in their their lineup uh, mm-hmm. this season, promising fifth round pick. He had a had a a good uh, NCAA career, and and uh, and there he was uh, trying to uh, you know in a in a rookie game um, uh, against Montreal uh, fell well. He was taken down awkwardly by. Uh, Arbor Jackai and and um, needs now reconstructive knee surgery out four to six months. T- tough for uh, for those players who um, you know their season's over before it started, kind of thing, and and also tough for the organization to kind of okay, we got to shift our plans here uh, for one of our our pieces is is not going to be in the lineup. Well, that was really disappointing too. Especially, I mean, he came in at the end of last year in Bell uh, in Belleville, came, like you said, came over from the college ranks, and I mean, he fit right in. I mean, he was playing top six, uh, top three sometimes. Um, looked like he'd been in the league for a while. Um, head coach Troy Man raved about his play yeah. uh, early and often, and uh, you know, he came in with so much momentum. Uh, you know, from last season through the summer into training camp this year, rookie camp, and and to have that happen, I mean, it was just, I mean, you feel bad for the young guy. I mean, for sure. uh, now, I mean, you looked at like a guy like Evgeny Svechnikov. Uh, what a, what what a year or so missed can mean for a young player. Uh, Svechnikov came in first round pick with with uh, uh, Grand Rapids, uh, played a Calder Cup final, won a Calder Cup. Then uh, right after that, uh, blows out his knee, misses a year, and then kind of has another year where, you know, he's still coming back and feeling his way through. And uh, really, so far, has not met his potential that certainly that he had shown both as a first-round pick and certainly uh, adapting to the American League. And um, that's such a key development time, that, that, you know, that early 20s period. I mean, for young players, especially, you know, coming into the pro ranks and um, really having – to adapt to a pro style game that uh, to miss a year now, uh, or even if he does manage to come back at some point late in this season, um, you're still so far behind uh, the rest of uh, your peers uh, who have been playing all year. That's um, the season's hard to, it's, there's, it's hard to make a whole lot of this year. So um, yeah, it's just a really unfortunate situation for him and uh, to not even be able to uh, make it through, you know, rookie camp uh, really, Go into training camp with the NHL team and sort of show what you have, even if you do end up going back to the uh, Belleville Senators. It's just a really bad break for him. One thing is for sure, um, it's uh, we're kind of right on that brink. Where as as AHL training camps are just starting to to get underway, uh, we know that preseason is uh, well. I think we've got uh, the first set of preseason games in the AHL is happening uh, just tomorrow night. Um, And the regular season begins in another about a week and a half. So we are on the brink of regular AHL action finally becoming a regular thing again in, in a normal month in October, uh, which we didn't get last year. Um, So there is going to be no shortage of things to talk about. We are, we're very excited about this segment. I think this was, it's a great way to just, um, 
talk about the things that are hot and trending in the AHL, the names that people should be watching out for, uh, and everything about this this league. And Patrick, we appreciate you uh, coming on again today to share all of your fantastic insight. Well, thank you. Anytime and always fun to talk hockey with both of you. <laughs> and we should also mention uh, you should follow Patrick on Twitter at P Williams AHL. Uh, and next Wednesday, be on the lookout for his next edition of his under review column on ahlreport.com i can only i I can't wait the the first one was excellent if you missed it be sure to go check it out on on the website uh and i can't wait to see what next week springs well it was another great ahl hot stove segment with patrick and uh yeah i successfully has been initiated into the fantasy sports trash talking on the Mm -hmm. podcast so um i think it was a a successful segment for sure. Yeah, he's he's no longer a guest anymore. He's uh, been initiated <laughs> and he's a full right. member of the team. That's right. Uh, we, but, but in all seriousness, a great segment with Patrick. Uh, he's a wealth of information and uh, it's, it's something that we really look forward to, to chatting with him about every other week here on the show. So uh, don't miss his next uh, under review, as I said, coming out next Wednesday on AHLReport.com. Including, you know, there's other features that are about to come out on AHL Report. We are starting to get in into game recap season. So that's going to be happening very soon, uh, whether you're a Laval Rocket fan, a Lehigh Valley Phantoms fan. Um, also just bringing you some other um, information for some other teams as well. Uh, two of our newer contributors, Maria and Michael, will have, uh, they will each have a season preview article coming out Um Coming up soon on AHL Report, uh, Michael's going to be previewing the season ahead for the Belleville Senators, and Maria is going to be previewing the season ahead for the Toronto Marlies. So uh, both of those, particularly for the Laval fans, uh, two rivals of the Laval Rocket, but AHL fans in general will really enjoy hearing about that. Um, so we don't want you to miss any of it. Be sure, again, as I said, you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, and Rick, you know, it's been it's been wonderful. We've we've welcomed, uh, I believe now, including Patrick, five new team members to the Rocket Sports crew, uh, both at the AHL Report and also at allhabs.net uh, over the course of, of this past month. Uh, it's been wonderful getting to know all of these new these new folks and and great new friends and faces but uh there is still room for more correct there are <laughs> there's a spot or two left a spot um and and listen if if you um enjoy uh hockey at any level uh and you feel that you want to get more involved um maybe you're you're a student uh who's in a communications program or journalism program and needs to to get some experience or you're you you've just graduated and you have to um, uh, add to your resume or you're just an experienced hockey mind that's uh wants to have a platform to express their views um, then join our team. Um, and to do that, go to... H- well, it's actually, it's right at the bottom of the page. On AHL Report, you can scroll all the way down and there is a tab for join our team. And if, you, if you're if you a Montreal Canadiens fan and, and you'd like to join more of the All Habs uh, side of the coverage, if you go to allhabs.net, there is a tab at the top uh, that says join our team. So either way, click those tabs, submit the information, uh, or just send us an email, info at allhabs.net, and uh, we'd be happy to, to chat with you. For sure. Well, Rick, it is preseason seasons, and there are preseason games on tap 
tonight for both the Canadians and the Flyers. So um, I think we're going to go get to that coverage and let our listeners get to those games as well. Um, It's been a great show. um, And uh, thank you for being here again, I should say. And uh, thank you, too. I'm looking forward to next week will be the last show before the regular season starts. And just in time for our regular season. Yeah. We have a brand new podcast player. I know you, you, some oh. of you listen on your, your favorite prod, podcast app, but there's many who listen uh, via our, our website. And uh, we've rolled out a brand new, with our partners at Captivate, we rolled out a brand new player. It's slick. It's clean. It looks it's nice. It's professional looking. Um, and there's a couple of new features built in. So uh, let us know what you think about that. It's pretty. I like it. <laughs> ThePressZone.fm is where you can find that. Absolutely. Tell your friends too. ThePressZone.fm gives you all the best. So we wish you a very good week. If you are north of the border, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, enjoy uh, an extra plate of turkey and gravy for me, please. And uh, we'll meet you back here Again, next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.